It's killing you, isn't it? No. Waiting. Even if it's just waiting for me to say something. Come on, preacher. Get on with it. We hate to wait. As a general rule, we Americans are people of action. I mean, we are busy. So busy making things happen, knocking out our to-do list. I mean, we are the go-getters. Always in a hurry. <laughs> Which means we have no time for those who like to take a slow ride in the fast lane. Get out of my way. We hate to wait. Two-day shipping? <laughs> that takes too long. If an app on my iPhone takes longer than a second to load, I groan. If I have to reset my home Wi-Fi network, Lord have mercy. And then there's the traffic. Now, I realize that traffic in Jackson is pure bliss for those who have lived in major cities like Atlanta and Dallas. <laughs> and yet still, why is it that my insides almost explode every time I take my children to school along that evil, congestive bypass? I hate to wait. We all hate to wait. No wonder then that the season of Advent doesn't sit well with folks like us. It's because the central action of Advent is waiting. Waiting for the sun to rise over this dark and dreadful world. Waiting for the sun to come again to judge the living and the dead. This season of Advent is a puzzling one to many Christians. <laughs> the stories we read are not childhood favorites. There is no star in the sky guiding the wise men from the east. No multitude of heavenly hosts calling the shepherds to visit this newborn king lying in a manger. No touching moment when Mary ponders these things in her heart. No. The stories of Advent are downright disturbing. We hear prophets sounding the alarm Distress among the nations. The seas are churning. The, the peoples are, are fainting from the fears that haunt them day and night. These are not happy times. And yet, these are our times. The time in between the first and second coming of Jesus. It's the time of Advent. And then... Right there in the middle of this chaos, running against every impulse we have as activists, as problem solvers, as agents of change, we are told to wait. Wait, for surely the Lord is coming soon. Wait, for He is the one who will make all things new. Wait, but Lord... We hate to wait. As foreign and uncomfortable as this practice of waiting is for us, we must admit that it's standard operating procedure throughout the biblical story. Waiting for the Lord. God promises to make a great nation from one man, from Abraham, but first he has to wait. Turns out he and his wife, Sarah, they have to wait 25 years after God gives them this promise. 
25 years for their son Isaac to be born. A few generations later, Joseph is given a dream of having widespread authority over all the land, only then to be sold into slavery, cast into obscurity, and thrown later into prison for over a decade, waiting, waiting for God to do something. And then how long did Joseph's descendants have to wait to be rescued from their own bondage in Egypt? Just 400 years. And then once delivered, how long did they have to wait wandering in the wilderness before entering the promised land? Only an entire generation. David himself, after being anointed as the new king of Israel, he had to wait 15 years for that to become a reality. And then we have the Jews in exile. They had to wait 70 years before returning to their homeland. Anybody picking up on a theme here? God's people, time and time again, waiting. I mean, you could argue that the whole of the Old Testament narrative is but a, a waiting story. Waiting for restoration, waiting for a king and a kingdom, waiting for the promises made to Israel to finally one day be fulfilled. I mean, this we heard a moment ago from our reading in Jeremiah 33. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel. But until then, you must wait. Did you know that Jesus, too, was familiar with waiting? I mean, we forget that he was, was into his 30s before he began his public ministry. And even after that voice from heaven at his baptism confirms his vocation, Jesus still doesn't rush out into the streets, but rather is driven into the wilderness to pray and to fast, to wait 40 days before even saying a word. I also think of that time when news is reported to Jesus that his close friend Lazarus is sick and near death. But instead of jumping to his feet, Jesus simply waits. What? In fact, it's while he waits that Lazarus dies. Seems that Jesus is more comfortable with, with waiting than we are. In our New Testament passage today from 1 Thessalonians, you can hear the pain that Paul feels as he too is waiting. He is worried about this fledgling church, especially since his first visit there was, was less than spectacular. And so Paul writes in chapter 3, verse 10, Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you face to face. But for now, they, they have to wait. Later in Paul's ministry, he applies this unpleasant act of waiting to the whole of creation. Saying in Romans 8 that all of creation has been groaning in labor pains until now, waiting to be set free from its bondage. Even the last words of our Bible are words of waiting. They are, in fact, the opening words for our Eucharistic services throughout the season of Advent. Jesus says, surely I am coming soon, to which we reply, amen, come, Lord Jesus. And we say this while we wait. And so you see, to wait is at the heart of the Christian story. It's at the heart of the Christian experience. And so today, as we begin a new church year, as we enter 
this season of Advent, I want to commend to you the practice of waiting. I want to call you not to action, but to sit still and wait for the Lord. But to do so, we first need to clear up a couple of misconceptions about this practice. Common misconceptions held by those of us who'd rather get on with things. One of these misconceptions is to view waiting as an act of giving up. You know, since we're not getting our hands dirty, since we're not trying to fix things, we must be throwing in the towel instead, collapsing into despair about the state of our world. I find it telling, however, that whenever the subject of waiting comes up in the scriptures, the notion of hope isn't far behind. To wait on the Lord is is never to despair, but rather it is always an act of hope. It's actually the other way around. Think about it. When you stop waiting, that's a sign that you're, you're losing your hope. Why do you sit in the waiting room at the doctor's office for so long? Hours even. Because you hope your name will soon be called. But the moment that you stop waiting, I mean the moment that you get up and you're done with this, I'm leaving, I'm going home, well that's the moment you've lost your hope. That's when you've given up. Today's psalm, Psalm 25, is this uh, extended petition for God to act. And in our translation, you'll notice in verses 2 and 4 that it uses the word hope. For all those who hope in you, Lord, says verse 2. And then in verse 4, in you, Lord, has been my hope all the day long. But if you were to compare this translation with others, you'd find that there are a few versions that use the word wait instead. For those who wait for you, Lord, and then in verse 4, for you I wait all the day long. Waiting, hoping, trusting, looking to someone for help, these ideas dance so closely with each other that it's difficult to express them adequately with one English word. For to wait is an act of hope and trust, not despair. If we were to return to Romans 8, where we saw how all of creation is waiting, we would also see that Paul peppers this passage with the word hope, doesn't he? All over the place. If we hope for what we do not see, he says, we wait for it with patience. You see, waiting and hoping go together so that when you stop waiting, you stop hoping. Another misconception about waiting is that it's purely a passive sort of thing. Again, this only goes to show how much we we really don't understand this practice that we hate so much. Uh, Perhaps we ought to use the word watchfulness instead. Like a guard stationed on a watchtower. Though he's given the task of waiting, we know it's much more than that, right? It's being on guard ready to spring into action at a moment's notice, at at any sign of danger or when a signal is received. It's being poised to react in accordance to the orders given to you for the job. And you fail at the job if you hate to wait, if you're not paying attention and being watchful. We have a uh, two-year-old black lab named Presley who is a model for us in this regard. 
It's in our blood, this, this disposition to watch, to pay attention, and then to spring into action whenever her master, that's me, whenever I give her the command. It's a thing of beauty. She follows me all over the house. Everywhere I go, if I sit down, she makes herself comfortable at my feet. If I adjust my chair, her head pops up. Man, she is alert, looking to see what I'm about to do. Do I need to follow you? Do I need to sit? Whatever it is, she's ready to obey. Whenever I feed her, she sits on a stand on our deck, waiting, waiting for me to give her the signal. She's looking to me for the green light, and she will wait as long as it takes for me to say, go. This, in fact, is how Jesus wants us to live our lives, always giving him our full attention, waiting, ready to respond. In fact, these are the instructions he gives to his disciples when they ask about the, the temple's impending destruction. This is how Jesus tells them to wait. He says, be on guard, be alert at all times, be, be ready to act, ready to respond to my instructions, waiting with watchfulness. I didn't tell you earlier that a third possible translation that is used for that word in Psalm 25 for hope or for wait is to look to. For those who look to you, Lord, verse 2 could read. Or in verse 4, to you have I looked all the day long. Waiting, hoping, looking to you, just like Presley, right? Do we wait and look to the Lord all the day long? And so to wait, yes, is an act of hope, but it's also an act of watchfulness, looking to the face of Jesus, listening for the Spirit's voice, ready to spring into action. This is the posture we are to have in this life of Advent in which we live every day. Well, since today marks our New Year's Day as the church, perhaps we could set a New Year's resolution. A resolution to embrace rather than run from times of waiting. A resolution to carve out more time in our busy schedules to be still and know that God is at work. That God is making and will make all things new. Time to, to pay attention to what God is doing in our midst. Instead of feeding this hatred we have for waiting, why not seek it out? Why not try and cultivate the, the practice of waiting in our daily lives? How might you do this, this Advent? I was intrigued the other day when Deacon Nan Thomas mentioned the spiritual practice of getting up before dawn, going outside, and then with an attitude of prayer to sit and to wait for the sun to rise. What a great way to cultivate the practice of waiting. Perhaps more drastic, you could delete those apps on your phone that you turn to whenever you're caught in a situation when you're forced to wait. Why not make yourself sit in silence instead and then listen to what's going on inside of you? Pay attention to what God is doing around you. Get comfortable with a new friend. The practice of waiting. Like the season of Lent, 
Advent is a time of introspection, a time for solitude, a time for silence, practices that are extremely difficult to cultivate in the midst of the holiday rush. But imagine just how powerful they would be if you actually practiced them in such a world. Imagine what God might do. Imagine what he might say to you. Could you recruit a friend to watch with you this season? Could you make an appointment with someone to walk a trail together, not talking, just listening? To read a book, to spend time in prayer. How might you cultivate the weight this Advent instead of, li- instead of letting it drive you crazy? O oh God of peace, You have taught us that in returning and rest we shall be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be our strength. By the might of your Spirit, lift us, we pray, into your presence, where we may be still and know that you are God. Help us to wait upon you. Amen.